Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Let's get to this Cam Newton story. So Cam Newton going to be released by the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Adam Schefter, who, uh, you know, breaks all these stories, just tweeted out Cam Newton had a physical in Atlanta yesterday, coordinated by the Panthers and his agency team per sources. Newton passed the physical and is healthy per source with both his shoulder and foot checking out well, and he is hungrier than ever and eager to get the next opportunity. So how did we get to this place where Cam Newton is out of a gig? How did we get there? How did we get to where Cam Newton, who of course won the league's MVP and is 
uh, more than 10 years younger, more than 10 years younger than Tom Brady is looking for a gig. Kind of interesting, isn't it? I, I, we, I'm going to, I'm going to credit myself, <laughs> which is, it. you know, look, I make mistakes in broadcasting all the time. I have takes and thoughts and opinions that are not shared by uh, everyone in 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 my business or in the sport which I cover. Oftentimes, there's it comes from somebody else thinking, "Yeah, I like that. I agree with that, or I don't agree with that." But it's an interesting kind of thoughtful comment. Whatever. I told you this was going to happen with Cam Newton going back five six months ago. I want you to keep in mind, whatever your image of cam newton is the reality is since winning the league mvp they've won less than eight games they finished below 500 four of the last five years he's been hurt three of the last four years and his the only team that drafted him that has ever known him while they've switched ownership and switched coaches and switched some of their front office guys, that team doesn't want him anymore, even though he's only making 19 mil this year. The Buffalo Bills and the Washington Redskins, who have both front office people and coaches that coached him before, have not shown any desire to sign Cam Newton. And when, when all of that happens, then you factor in the litany of injuries. You factor in the style that he plays. And you start to ask yourself, wait a second. If those guys who know him don't want him, why should I want him? Why should I want him? We go back two years ago before he had the shoulder surgery and he was clearly struggling to throw the football. This from a guy who struggled with accuracy throughout his career. Now, all of a sudden, anything intermediate or down the field, you had no idea what was coming out. This is a quarterback who's completed less than 60% of his passes, all but three years playing in the NFL. Three of the, of the, the, the decade of service. He's only thrown for 4,000 yards once. He's always been a double-digit interception guy. So he's not accurate. He turns it over and he doesn't run nearly as much as he used to. And here's the other kicker. He's not wired to be a backup quarterback and he might not be good enough to be a starting quarterback. And you're like, that doesn't make any sense. If you're just below being a starter and you've been a league MVP, why can't you be a backup? Because the job of being a backup is not necessarily about how good you are. There, there are places where that is valued, where you're like, hey, we need a guy to get up and be ready, to get up and be ready and get after it. Like, All right, that's not necessarily valued. Take a look at the places that need quarterback play, and you can start to understand why it's hard to find him a home. The teams that have reached out and gotten a quarterback from elsewhere so far this offseason, the Chicago Bears, they bring in Nick Foles. Now, has Cam Newton had more sustained success during a season? Yes, he had an MVP season. 
Foles had a 14 and two year. Now let's remember Foles has had more success in the playoffs. Both have been to a Super Bowl. Foles has won one, but the big difference is in addition to making less money, it's the relationship he has with head coaches worked with before offensive coordinators worked before quarterback coaches worked before. And the personality of Nick Foles is if I'm coming off the bench, I'm going to get the starter ready and be ready myself. If I'm the starter, I'm still going to work with the younger guy. That's not who Cam Newton is. Cam Newton said and wants to be a transcendent superstar breaking through any of the bounds of football. That's not what a backup quarterback calls for. If anything, the Cam Newton and Jameis Winston right now both being out of work tell you why it explains that it's more than just the kneeling while why Colin Kaepernick was out of work. All these idiots who take the social media when any quarterback gets hurt and goes, well, Kaepernick would work there. No, he won't. Those type of guys running quarterback, shorter shelf life. They always get hurt. They always get injured. Both Kaepernick and Cam multiple surgeries. They both had arm surgery. They both had surgery on their legs. So you're not as athletic as you used to be in a sport, which values your ability to go through your progressions and read and throw from the pocket and accuracy is key. And they're not accurate guys. They're not versatile guys in terms of how they throw a football. And then you add in that Kaepernick, the one place he might've had a friendly home was Baltimore. His girlfriend screwed that thing up. Now he's been out of football too long. He's not sharp. Now he's slotted way behind all these other guys. But, you know, I saw another tweet from Schefter that said, well, Kyle Allen who was the undrafted backup quarterback to Cam Newton that became the starter when Cam went out with injury and nearly hung on to the job. Yesterday, the Redskins traded for Kyle Allen, a fifth-round pick for Kyle Allen. Well, it's more than just whether or not you think Kyle Allen is better than Cam Newton. Kyle Allen makes $580,000. Cam Newton makes $19 million. There's a big difference there. If neither see the field, Kyle Allen doesn't hurt you. Cam Newton does. Cam Newton takes you from getting two or three starters if you're going to pay him that sort of money. And oh yeah, by the way, Cam Newton not only wants to be a starter, but is not necessarily equipped with helping get the starter ready. That's all that Kyle Allen does. Even to his last moment as starter with the Carolina Panthers, he was wishing and welcoming Cam Newton back to take the job. You got to be wired. This is why Kobe Bryant struggled at the end of his career. Because Kobe could never, ever be the beta. He could never be the second or the third option. He could never do, frankly, what LeBron has tried to do. It's one of the things that we should, we should actually be impressed with by LeBron is LeBron knows, like, I don't have it some nights. I need Anthony Davis to carry us, and then I can get it going in the fourth quarter. But, but Cam is not wired like that. Cam is, Cam is Allen Iverson. Cam is Carmelo Anthony. Jaw-dropping talent. The type of physical presence that just takes over a room. And when he has it going or had it going, it was incredible. But when you get later in your career and your skills, your athletic skills start to diminish and you haven't improved upon those accuracy and, and mental reps that other guys have. And then your kind of ego and image just can't take the idea of not being a starter. And unlike basketball, like at least Carmelo Anthony and 
We're going to paint this as some pretty picture of what's happened in Portland. It's not like they've won a bunch of games because they got Carmelo Anthony. He's come in and shown the ability to, once every three games, still put up some buckets. He's fine. But let's not get it twisted. Portland was having a wildly disappointing season, and most of it was based upon when Damian Lillard played well or didn't play well, not Carmelo Anthony. But look, Carmelo's career was cut short, not because of injury. Allen Iverson's career was cut short, not because of injury. And Cam Newton's career threatens to be cut short, not necessarily because of injury. It's just guys from the time that they're born and they first play their sport, they're the best on the field. And so a lot of the other little things that other guys of lesser physical talent have to learn in order to get by, they don't have to learn. They can just go out and play and react. And if you don't like what you see, run it. You're 6'6", you run like a track star, just run it, run over, run around, run by everybody in your way. And it works until it doesn't. This is the buyer beware with Lamar Jackson, although Lamar appears to have a better work ethic than all of the, you know, in terms of the mental reps and improving his accuracy. This is the fear. This is the fear. But the reality of Cam Newton a couple of years ago, winning the league's MVP, team loses one game. You know, he is like a fashion icon, a huge presence till now where he, his ex-coach didn't traded for his backup he can't get a gig and then you go and look and they they tried to pawn him off in the chargers they were like no thanks i told you guys the chargers weren't interested they tried the bears the bears like we'd like nick Foles better better personality knows our coaches more accurate and if he's the backup he's not a pain in the ass whereas if cam newton's the backup he's only sitting there waiting to be a starter that's not the way it works miami needs a quarterback there they don't appear to be interested Right. Where's he going to go? The Bengals, if they get rid of Andy Dalton, that's a big if, but they're going to draft Joe Burrow. So he's going to be a backup. He's not equipped to be a backup there. The Jacksonville Jaguars, do they prefer Gardner Minshew making less than a million dollars? My answer is probably. It's money. It's ego. It's attitude, it's uh, it's role acceptance, it's what role you're built for. God bless Cam Newton, because without that level of confidence, almost bordering on arrogance and presence, he wouldn't be who he is. But it also makes it so that he's almost unhirable for anything other than your starter. And it's hard to make him your starter when he hasn't played healthy the last two years. And he's only played for one head coach, and that head coach needed a quarterback and didn't trade for him. Reality is setting in. And there's a chance Cam Newton, Jameis Winston, not only aren't starters, might not be on a roster. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Do you love Selena? Like, really love Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. 
and Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This was Tom Brady on fitting into the new offense without OTAs. The important part is everyone's trying to make it work. And everyone's trying to figure out how to adjust and adapt to some new realities that we're all facing. You know, there's aspects of our offseason that have changed, and I'm sure will change to a degree. But that doesn't stop me from figuring out what I've got to do in my professional life to try to still, you know, learn the things I need to learn and train the way I need to train. Here's Bruce Arians, Buccaneers head coach, on why the Bucks wanted Brady in free agency. We looked at everybody that would might be available. Um, 
at the quarterback position, really never dreaming that Tom would be available. But if he was, he was going to be our number one choice, uh, mainly because he can make everything. He can do everything we want to do on our offense, but more than that is his leadership ability that we need in our locker room to get her to where we want to go. That's interesting because, though I would never question Tom Brady's leadership, um, it doesn't actually say that Tampa Bay has the culture. And and maybe, maybe Brady can bring the winning culture. But you would think that the coach would say he's going to be the leader for what already is a good culture. Wasn't what he said. Granted, Bruce has only been there for a year. Uh, Bruce is not a, a truly hands-on, uh, always involved sort of guy, but his read on it is we need some leadership in it. Now, is that a little bit of a shot at Jameis? Sure. Although Jameis supposedly is a very good leader. Again, this is what the the media, other media types will tell us. But I think it's super interesting, the idea that uh, Brady is going to bring culture and leadership with him when he's a quarterback you know, he's new to the team. It's really, really hard. And, and no matter how well-respected you are to come in and, you know, in a couple of short months, especially when you have a short off season, get things up and running and do it your way when his way is not the Patriot way. And it's going to be now him going to OTAs or having workouts when the last couple of years he skipped OTAs. I actually understand why he would be more invested, not just because he has to learn new offense, but because you get energized by something new. You just do. You just do. You go to a new company and the optional stuff that you, you always do because not only do you want to look good for your new company, but you are kind of energized overseeing how somebody else does it. But I have my doubts that, uh, one, I don't know if he can still make every throw. I don't know if anybody actually knows that. Maybe the Buccaneers think that. Do I think he's healthier than Phillip Rivers? Yeah. Uh, and Brady used to make every throw deep down the field. He just hasn't in a long time. Is and, and then the question becomes, you know, does is there early season struggles? Now, when they were in New England and they would have a stinker early on, they would say, well, you know, we use September as our extended training camp. But when you're Tampa and you're not used to any sort of pressure to win, it's a little bit like Cleveland last year. The hunter, as opposed to the hunted, very, very different. How do, how do they handle it? Again, I'm not sitting here saying it's a disaster, it won't work. But there are plenty, plenty of reasons why it's going to be harder than just, you know, the old fantasy football idea of taking a guy and putting him on a roster and all of a sudden everybody blows up. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon.
The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's bring in Brock Heward, who joins us in the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio, Fox Sports College and NFL analyst. Uh, Cam Newton currently without a gig. They couldn't find a trade partner released by the Carolina Panthers. What's your reaction? Yeah, not surprised they could not find a trade partner. I think in this climate, Doug, when you're a guy that's coming off significant injury, we've seen this here in our market in Seattle with Jadavian Clowney. Uh, coming off of injury and surgery and, and everything else and the inability to to go fly around and, and maybe ease people's fears or, or take further physicals and get all that information just kind of in this time. Not surprised someone that was going to make 20 million bucks or so um, did not get traded for and picked up and instead is now a free agent on the outside looking in. And I'll tell you this, if I'm Cam, and I, I know he tweeted this last week uh, at the end of the week and 
Greg Olson kind of added on to it and responded some of their frustration with how Carolina has handled this and, and kind of the, the goodbye and the abrupt goodbye. I'd be even further frustrated that it took this long. Instead of having the opportunity to have a little QB roulette when there were a lot of slots still open and available, well, most of those doors have now closed, not all of them, and certainly the one in your locale has been rumored and probably makes the most sense with the Chargers, but sure, a lot of doors have closed, a lot of opportunity has gone by, and Carolina waiting to the point they did to actually make this transaction certainly did not help his market value. Well... There's a couple of things. The the rumors of the Chargers' interest was as greatly exaggerated as anything. Like people were just like, "Well, they need a quarterback. Cam's right. a quarterback. Why not?" Right? Like mm, they have Tyrod Taylor, who is healthier, knows the system, has played under Anthony Lynn before, and costs far less money. And they're going to draft a quarterback because they couldn't get. Tom Brady, they they have no desire to have Cam Newton. I think that's, I, do I hear you on the physical thing? Sure. You tell me the team that preferred him to the, like the Bears thing makes sense with Foles. He's yeah. played for those guys before, right? They And Foles is wired to where if he's not the starter, he's a great, he's the world's greatest backup. Yep. We have no idea if Cam has no desire to be a backup. He's never been a backup. He ain't about being a backup. And you, being a former backup quarterback, no. The skill set to be a backup quarterback is different than just can you play the position? Can you play the position while getting the other guy ready? That's your sole purpose during the week, isn't it? Yes. I will also say, like, if I'm a team out there, you're going to get, the. I would think, the very best Cam Newton you're ever going to get. You know, depending on what this deal looks like, depending on where he lands, depending on what he ends up doing, if he just signs a, a one-year deal, a prove-it deal somewhere or something of that nature, you're going to get a highly motivated guy that wants his further generational money. He's made a lot of money. He was a first-round pick. He got, obviously, an extension. He's made tens of millions of dollars. So, you know, he's he's made a lot of income. He was also, I am sure, counting on one more enormous generational payoff. And I am sure in his mind, whether he will admit it or not, this has been a big fat slice of humble pie that has been served his way. Yep. And he's got to go out and prove and earn once again and put that chip right back on his shoulder of going out and actually earning that next big contract that I am sure is a competitor. He believes he's more than worthy to go out and get after it. Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. Can he still play? Like he, hadn't, he, he two years ago had the shoulder thing. wasn't throwing the ball well at the end of the year, and this year he only played a played two games. He's he's had some, you know, he's not running as much as he used to. Can he still be a starter and a good one? I would I would take a I would take a flyer on him at the right number for everything I just said from a motivational standpoint. I, what's, I don't what's think the he right was ever. What what is a good number? Uh Um, well, I I think where we're sitting right now with the market and how much teams have spent, it's going to be a favorable number to the team. What what did, uh, what did uh, Mariota get about 8 million bucks or so? Yes. Seven and a half. Kind of, kind of a two year, $17 million deal. Is there that deal out there? Would he even want that? Would he want to, again, just a one year kind of prove a deal to say, no, 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 come on, sign me. So I mean, I'll go compete with anybody. Just give me a legitimate shot to go out and compete. Give me a legitimate shot to go out and run. Let me give me a legitimate shot to go out and and earn this next kind of mega mega deal. Um, I, I would take a flyer on a situation like that. I, by no means would I be comfortable making him my franchise guy, locking him in for years with you know multi million dollar guarantees. But would I take a flyer on that guy as a competitor? Doug, I I think I would, and I'll be very curious what this market ends up paying him. 
Uh, what are your thoughts on Brady's transition to Tampa? I, I know that what people say is quarterback whisperer, great wide receivers, good tight ends, a great quarterback. What doesn't work about it? You know, good weather and two domes mm-hmm. in division on the road. Yep. But it's also a completely different style. It's you're not going to get the same time in off season. And yep. oh yeah, by the way, Bruce Arians likes to throw the ball deep down the field. Tom Brady has been everything underneath for the last decade or so. Yes, as a as a quarterback and a guy who sees it at a higher level than most anybody I know. Do you believe it works? Yeah, I, I think he, I think it does have a chance to work. Everything that you just said is why I, I think some of that heat and humidity. I think the lack of of some of that that workload, right? I mean, we we all look at that, and he is a grinder, and he puts in all of the individual work. I think one of the things that has sustained these guys at that position to play into their thirties, into their young forties, is you don't have six week training camps, you don't have two days in pads, you don't have throw after throw after throw after throw on on the arm. So you know. Your, your, your mileage in those things lasts and endures a little bit longer. Um, playing in some of those road environments in those domes helps. This, this to me, though, Doug, comes down, and you don't hear this said a lot, but I remember hearing this so vividly and watching it from Warren Moon. When I was at the University of Washington in the mid-90s, in late 90s, my last year, I went over and got to do this media deal with Warren Moon, who'd signed back with the Seahawks. This would have been the, what, 98, 98 season. And I remember going over there and watching him throw, and I'm like, my gosh, man, this guy is just, he throws one of the most beautiful balls you're going to yep. ever see. Every ball is a tight spiral, and he just throws it so beautifully. And I remember talking to him like, man, how long can you do this? He's like, my arm could do this forever. It's my legs. It is all about my legs. And you've watched Tom over the years, and I can just picture, can't you, John Gruden in the Monday night booth just doing his little bounce? Like, you know, it's all about bounce and flexibility and all the jokes and all the fun that, that Gruden grief he got for that, you know, in reference to Tom. But it is. It is all about his movement in his legs. I think his arm can absolutely still throw it 65, 75 yards, right? I, I think he, you know, in that heat and humidity, especially, it's going to be easy to get loose and he's going to feel great year round and not have to endure some of the cold and the wind and the rain and everything else that limits it. That ball is going to carry just fine. But this will all be about his movement and legs. And that, to me, over the last couple years was pretty vivid. Like, you could see that decline. You could see how hard it got for him to even extend those plays. Not that he ever extended them outside the tackles, Doug, anyway, but just those plays, those subtle moves, just subtle quickness, the subtle twitch within that pocket. To me, the legs are the biggest question. Do I think he could do it for a year? Yeah. Do I think he's going to learn that system fine? Absolutely. Do I think he can put the those receivers in a position to shine and take care of the football and throw it away when it needs to be thrown away? Yes, yes, and yes on all of those. So this will simply come down to his legs of whether or not he can do it for more than just this one season. Brock, you are joining us in the Doug Gallagher Show. You mentioned Jadeveon Clowney. Uh, the lack of top-end interest in him, how much of it is due to coming off the surgery and the inability to examine him? How much of it is that it all depends on what tape you watch, which Jadavion Clowney you're going to get? Yeah, it's fascinating to me, Doug, because I watched him close here, right? We were still doing our radio show daily and and still super invested in the Seahawks and on a D-line that was bad. I mean, bad. One of the worst. If you took him out of it, man, that was one of the worst defensive lines in the league. He still did enough. He was double-teamed more than anybody else. He still wrecked games. He played the run game. Right to me, it's like a corner that tackles. I don't want just a corner that can cover. Right, right. That's where Richard Sherman was so elite here in Seattle, and still 
And what the 49ers was, was he was just willing to tackle, come up there and finish and be physical. I don't want a DN that just gets 10 sacks but looks out for himself and doesn't play the run. Clowney is the inverse. He's almost a better run edge player than he is, and certainly the sack numbers speak to that, than he is just to get home and get you double-digit sacks because he's never done that. So that's why he's on the market. He's on the market because he has a knee that's concerning. He's on the market because he had core surgery. He's on the market because his elbow got dinged up. He's on the market because he's never put out that 40 home run season. He's hit 25, he's hit 30, but he's not hit 40 or 50. But I, I, for one, think the Seahawks have to have him. They've played it well. They've played the patient game. They knew what the market would be. But, you know, when push comes to shove, they they don't compete, in my opinion, next year in the NFC West at all unless that guy is back. And now he's going to be back at a much more favorable number, it looks like. Are you a buyer in what Arizona's doing, adding another yes. offensive weapon? Yes. Yeah, that's that's going to be... <laughs> That's going to be scary with what they're going to do offensively. I mean, Hopkins and Larry Fitzgerald and their young receivers, and this is a draft that is loaded with dynamic dudes through the fourth round. Um, I still think that offensive line is problematic, and and I know that they had had some hopes maybe to, to land a free agent or two there that could make a difference. So uh, to me in this league still, even though that system mitigates it to a degree, they were at the best when they ran the ball at the end of the year. They had a little bit of balance. So I think in the draft, They've got to go that way. They've got to land one of these top end, you know, difference maker tackles, which they may have a chance to do and continue to build around a QB to me that put together a pretty darn good rookie season. We, we saw some video on social media of Tua uh, looking like he's moving fine, right? Looking like, um, are you a, are you a buyer into Tua in the NFL? I am Doug, and you know that was that was Trent working him out, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you, he's working out with Dilfer there in Nashville, and I'll, I'll tell you, Trent Trent's one of those guys that is a positive guy with most people, right? He's he's going to be an encourager. He's a developer. He loves now coaching high school, and his elite eleven has been such a passion of his. And he will speak highly of a lot of guys, but I don't know if I have heard Trent Dilfer over the last four or five years. And you can tell me if you think differently, and you've had him a bunch on your show, and he's a friend of yours as well. I don't know if I've heard Trent just brag on someone and um, promote someone and just love on someone the way he has to from the day he met him in Elite 11. He just, he thinks the world of him. He is over the moon for that kid as a, as a player, as a person, as an arm talent, as a guy that can deliver the ball accurately with anticipation. And, you know, because Trent doesn't do that for a hundred guys, and certainly I've not really even heard him give that much favor really to any anybody quite like he has for Tua before he's even training him here this offseason that, that that resonates with me certainly what he did his true freshman year on the biggest of stage in the biggest of moments to deliver a national championship that resonates even further so yeah I I would think I would I if I had a top five pick I'd be and I feel good about those medicals I would absolutely be willing to make that move Tua. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio that is the voice of uh, uh, of the one and only left-handed quarterback himself, right? I mean, who who knows who knows about lefty quarterbacks li- like you do? Um, okay, we're going to league, Doug. Okay, huh? there wasn't one last year. There There's was not, not one. one last left-handed last left-handed touchdown pass was thrown by Des Bryant. Yeah, see, our lefties, we're a funny breed, man. We think in our right mind, which has led to a lot of bullpen relievers and a lot of pitchers over the last couple decades. You know, too quirky, too analytical, but but we got to get the lefties back in the game, and two, I think, will certainly help. Um, How much will 
losing Travis Frederick set Dak back? Mm. Well, he had to live with that already, right? I mean, he's had to mitigate that situation. That's that's a bummer. That, to me, is even bigger than Dak. That's the Cowboys. That's the NFL. That's just a guy you want playing, right? That's a guy that – and I totally understand it, and I don't ever rip these guys for walking away from the game at all, man. That is their prerogative. Um, in this day and age, you're able to make a lot of money, um, and if you take care of it and, and are smart with it, it can be generational money, even on a first and certainly a second extension. So by no way am I bagging on him saying, oh, gosh. But for the league, it's kind of like Chris Peterson in college football. I don't want Chris Peterson to leave college football, man. I, I want him you know, coaching into his 70s because he's a difference maker. I want Travis Frederick. That, that guy, I mean, just loves ball. He just loves to play. He loves being in the mix. You just see, you know, he just he loves it. And I want those guys to keep on playing and to further fuel the love for football. So I, I, I think you can mitigate a center. I think they've already done that. Um, I think, you know, they will they will find that replacement. And they will move on. But just for the bigger game of football, it's a bummer to see guys of his ilk who just love to play um, shut it down before the age of 30. Are you a Justin Herbert guy? I'm a Justin Herbert guy in the late first round. I just saw Joel Klatt came out with his top 50 prospects. I don't know if you saw that list. I think he tweeted it this morning. And I think Joel had him at about 26 of his overall prospects. And I think that that's about where I would land on it as well. I've seen Justin a bunch over the last few years. I saw him on two occasions in person this season. In one game, really struggle against Cal. and the next game against Colorado with the help of teammates and everybody else just blow him out. I saw a Rose Bowl where he he put that team on his shoulders and really with his legs helped win that thing and was the MVP and came back, dug and wrote the chapter the way he wanted to write it. He, he came back to finish it, to be a Rose Bowl winner and a, and a Pac-12 champ and to be an MVP of that Rose Bowl. And for that, uh, he, he deserves a, a ton of merit. And I love that and, and why I'd probably put him in a really deep draft overall with positions, not necessarily quarterbacks. You know, I think I would still put him at the end of that first round. But you didn't have him at the top of the first round, which is really. I wouldn't take him number five if it's one two, and and you're the Why? Dolphins. I just I don't think I could take him number five right what, there. What's missing? Anticipation and accuracy. Anticipation and accuracy. Those are the two biggest traits in the NFL. I, I know everybody gets enamored with the ability to run and create, which you need to be able to do. He is a good-looking athlete, man. He is a great kid. He is smart as heck. He, he's going to accomplish many, many things. But just purely anticipation and accuracy are those things off the charts. Can I lay my head on the pillow if I'm a GM and go, yep, yep, those two. We'll, we'll work with everything else. But he's got anticipation and accuracy. The top two guys have that. They have it in spades. And I think I'd be willing to draft him there accordingly. But to me, and Jacob Eason, and Jacob Fromm, and the rest of the guys, and Justin Love even, who's getting a lot of love, um, to me, those guys with those two boxes are a ways away from Burrow and Tua. Awesome stuff. Brock, thanks so much for joining us. Hope everybody is safe and healthy up there in the state of Washington, where you call home. Thanks for being our guest on Fox Sports Radio. You as well, Dougie. Take care, man. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. 
And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Albert Breer's got to join us right now. Let's uh, let, let's get to him from TheMMQB.com. He joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Albert, um, you go back to when ownership changed. And then when we saw a coaching change in Carolina, I said, not only yep. do I think Cam Newton's not, not going to be the quarterback in Carolina, it's really hard to find him another home. 
add into the fact that the Redskins trade for a quarterback on their staff, not named Cam Newton. If the if the Redskins and the Bills, who have former Panthers coaches, and the yeah. Carolina Panthers all don't want Cam Newton to be their starter, who in the league does? I don't know. It's going to be tough for him, Doug, especially the circumstances, um, given what they are. And I know, you know, he's going to, you know, have his medical information sent to teams if they need it and everything else. But, you know, given the amount of, like, injuries he's had, uh, the pounding he's taken, the right shoulder, the left foot, um, yeah, I, I think if you're going to be comfortable bringing in the guy um, to maybe be your starting quarterback, then you're going to want to have your team doctor get his hands on him. And that's not going to happen in the foreseeable future for any team because of the circumstances we're all in in this country. Um, and then, you know, the next level of it is you ask yourself, could you bring him in to compete for a starting job? Could you bring him in to, to be a backup for now the way like Ryan Tannehill was at Tennessee last year? And that's where it gets complicated because we've never really seen him in that role. Right. Um, you know, he was a blue chip recruit coming out of high school. He was the man. Um, at junior college, he was the man at Auburn. He's a day one starter in the NFL. Um, he's always had this sort of larger than life persona. So how does that work if he's the 20th or the 25th guy in your roster? Um, you know, I think it's sort of similar to, a, you know, to an issue, you know, Jay Cutler ran into where, you know, I don't know the teams are willing to bring in him as a backup because he'd only been a starter in the NFL. And so that's the part of it that I think is difficult is, all right, like, you know, is he potentially a franchise quarterback? Maybe. Maybe he can still be that. Um, but without, you know, a full physical, it's it's really hard for teams to bring him in as that. And then you get to the next level of it, and then you got a whole new set of questions you're asking yourself. And so he's in a really tough spot. And I think the only way for him really to, to find a home right now is to maybe accept the fact that, you know, maybe he doesn't come in as a starting quarterback somewhere or – you know, he goes somewhere and takes a lot less money than he's used to make. But but that's that's the whole thing is like you you know this, the backup's job is to be ready, but also to get the starter ready, and that's yep. just not who he is. And that's hard. I mean, that's the hard part about it, Doug. Is you know, in a lot of in a lot of buildings, the backup. I mean, like look at Cam Cam himself, who his backup was for all those years it was Derek Anderson. And is Derek Anderson was Derek Anderson? You know, going to come in and light the world on fire if Cam got hurt? No. But he was a fantastic resource for Cam, and I think Cam would tell you that. And, um, you know, a lot of that meant, you know, doing the dirty work, you know, and, 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 you know, behind the scenes and being willing to subjugate your ego. And, you know, that's a serious question, you know, is, is what, what, what is Cam willing to do to put himself on a team in 2020? And, you know, if you're one of these coaches whose job might be on the line, you know, like let's take the Chargers, for example, now. If they don't have a good year, there could be jobs on the line there. Are you willing to inject Cam Newton into your building, not knowing what he's going to be physically and not knowing how he's going to fit into the framework of your team um, if, you know, if he's not the starter? Those are big questions to ask, and I think it, it just makes it difficult on other teams to really see where, uh, you know, see, see where he would fit in. And, and look, like this, is, this comes back to that whole thing. Is he one of the best? 25 quarterbacks on the planet right now? Yeah, I think he probably is. But, you know, that's not the question that a lot of these teams are asking. Albert Breer, our guest on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. What about Jameis Winston? Yeah, Jameis is like, you know, I think Jameis would have liked to go to the Raiders. The interesting thing about that 
uh, is if you, you look at what the Raiders did um, in bringing in Marcus Mariota, that would have been sort of an ideal situation where, you know, you look at it and you say to yourself, okay, like I'm going in here and there isn't starting quarterback in place, but if that guy stumbles a little bit, maybe I'm in position. Um, and in the meantime, I'm going to be coached really well, right? Like, so that's what Marcus Mariota has now. I think ideally that's what Jameis would have had. So I think right now Jameis has probably got to, you know, sort of recalibrate his expectations a little bit. And I think it would be great for him to go to a place where he could kind of quietly develop, you know. And so I look at a place like, you know, if Pittsburgh would have him, I think that that would be great for him. Um, you know, maybe somewhere like a Detroit where the quarterback has had, the starting quarterback in place has had some injury history. Um, you know, just going to a place where there is some stability or maybe there is some opportunity where he's not going to be the starter right away, I think makes sense. And that's why, you know, again, like if you're him, you're probably looking at it, you're saying, okay, is, do I, do, am I going to prioritize going to a environment where I know I'm going to get to the goal? That would be Pittsburgh. Or am I going to go to a place where I think the quarterback, you know, could wind up, you know, because he has some injury history, could get hurt. There could be some opportunity there. That would be Detroit. So, you know, I, I think that that's sort of how you recalibrate your expectations if you're him and you start to maybe come up with a list of priorities. And, um, you know, really whatever you do in 2020 um, is probably more than anything else trying to reestablish yourself as a, as a valuable NFL commodity and looking more towards 2021 and beyond. Albert, Albert Breer, MMQB.com, joins us. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. There, there's some video out there, Trent Dilfer working with Tua, and Tua appears to be moving really, really well. Uh, before this, it was all just reports and, yeah. and, and, and whatnot. What are you hearing about Tua's draft stock? I think everything has gone well. You know, it's just as far as his, um, you know, his, his return from the hip, and I, like, there haven't been any major setbacks. That's all great news, right? Um, you know, a couple of things that are problematic still. One, my understanding is just from a timeline perspective, um, they're not going to be completely out of the woods on, on the potential for AVN, which is the condition that Bo Jackson had, yep. until you get past the draft. And the chances of that happening are minimal, but they're still going to linger for a little while. So that you're, you're, if you're a team drafting him, you're going to kind of you know, have to be comfortable with that. Number two, it isn't just the hip. The guy had two ankle surgeries. He got hurt in high school a bunch. Like, so there's a serious durability question. And I know, Doug, most people are going to look at this and say to themselves, well, you know, he's been able to fight through some of that stuff. Well, you know, if you want to look at track record of quarterbacks um, coming into the NFL, almost uniformly, guys who had major injuries in college over the last decade got hurt again in the pros when you're talking about the first rounders, right? Sam Bradford in 11, Jake Locker in, in, in or Sam Bradford in 10, Jake Locker in 11, Robert Griffin in 12, Marcus Mariota in 15, Carson Wentz in 16, Deshaun Watson in 17. All those guys had major injuries in college. All those guys got hurt again in the pros. And so that's the other piece of it, is that it's not just one injury. It's a history of injuries. And usually guys you know, at the quarterback position who have injury history coming into the pros don't suddenly stay healthy when they get there. Uh, Albert, you're, you're, one of your, your main pieces is how the Tom Brady from New England to Tampa came together. I guess my only question for Tampa, well, I, there's a couple. One is Bruce Arians likes to challenge people down the football field. Tom Brady for the last decade or even more, that's, that's not how, since he hasn't had Randy Moss, yeah. he hasn't been a big deep ball guy. 
do those two styles find a way to mesh? It's definitely a little bit of a funny fit, and there's a couple reasons why. It's, it's the deep ball thing, like you mentioned. The other thing is Bruce Arians' quarterbacks tend to take a pounding because they're taking they seven hold steps the ball. you got to hold the ball. To throw the ball longer, you got to hold the ball longer. Right, right, and and that's why he's always had these guys who are built like Clyde Sales. You know, like you look at it, like right down the line, Jameis Winston, Ben Roethlisberger, Andrew Luck, Carson Palmer, all these big, sturdy guys. Um, and Brady's been durable, but he's also 43. And so, you know, I think, and, and having talked to a bunch of Bucks people over the weekend, sort of where they came to a comfort level was they're going to go through Bruce's offense and they're going to just sort of, okay, Tom likes this, Tom doesn't like that. Tom, what do you like that's outside of what we've talked about? Okay, we have this here, or we'll make an adjustment there. And so I think that was one of the things that really appealed to Tom is that, you know, the idea, like, we're going to collaborate on this and we're going to make what Bruce has his has in his offense work for me, which is, I think, going to be really, really interesting. And I know, in particular, one of the things that they've sort of sold him on was, you know, last year you were really hurt by the fact that your guys weren't getting open fast enough. Well, here we have a lot of speed. And so, you know, one of the things I know in particular that was sort of highlighted when they were talking was it was showing, like, okay, you got Julian Edelman, Danny Amendola, these guys who are used to hooking up in zones, right? Like, so you throw, like, the, the seven-yard hitch. Well, what if we throw that, but it's Chris Godwin on a slant, and he's running full speed, and now you got a 60-yard touchdown. So I, I think what they're trying to do, and that's just an example, but, like, what they're trying to do is, is blend both. And I think for, for Bruce, for Byron Leftwich and for Tom Moore and for Clyde Christensen, um, that's something that invigorates them because those uh, most of those guys had history, three of the four had history with Peyton Manning, so they were in that sort of environment for a lot of years. And for uh, for, for Tom, I think the idea of having some ownership of what they're going to do offensively, I think that really appeals to him because really for the last 20 years, it hasn't been like that for him. He's been coached. Now I think he's going to be going into something that's a little bit more, more of a partnership. Did did New England legitimately have a chance at either of the two wide receivers traded? Well, DeAndre Hopkins, I think they knew too much. Um, I would say that. Like, I, I just if you want to look at why DeAndre Hopkins was traded, um, a lot of friction between um, Hopkins and O'Brien, and like really as much as anything it was about practice habits, and it was about kind of. You know, the way he was Monday through Saturday, not obviously who he was on Sunday. And that was okay while he was on his existing contract, but he wanted a brand new contract. And I'm not talking about an extension. He wanted them to rip up the contract. And so that for the Texans was a bridge too far. And that the idea, like, okay, like now we're going to reward a guy who's sort of representing some of the things that we don't want here. And so, you know, the, 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 because of the relationship between the Patriots and the Texans and all the people that have worked at both places. A lot of that information got back to the Patriots, which, you know, in conjunction with his contract demands, made DeAndre Hopkins a non-starter for the Patriots. As for Stephon Diggs, you know, I would just tell you that they had interest. They'd been in touch with the, with the Bills about that. Once they decided to franchise Joe Tooney, their all-pro guard, their cap space basically evaporated, made it, would have made it really difficult to keep somebody like Diggs. And then later that day, it sort of became clear they were losing Brady. And so that made 2020 a little bit more of a retooling year than maybe it would have been if Brady had been back. Hmm. Um, okay, so when we – obviously they're in, they're in a bit of cap hell. They haven't been able to add much in terms of wide receiving help. 
but they're still yep. a team that won 12 games last year. Yeah. How do we what 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 should the reasonable expectations of the Patriots be, or what are their expectations this year? It's going to be a retooling year, and I think it's going to be a year where they're going to try to be competitive. No doubt, no doubt about it. But they've got a lot of you know that cap issue. They're going to, I think, try to clear their financials this this year, and so it's going to mean trying to get younger in a lot of spots. Which you know they they were the oldest team in the league last year. It's going to mean, you know, eating a lot of the dead money and not mortgaging it forward, um, which is something they've done the last few years, which put them in this situation to begin with. You know, and I know, you know, obviously one of the big questions is what they're going to do a quarterback. Well, a quarterback, what this means is I think they try to, over time, and this is probably may, may take a year or two, create the sort of advantage a lot of teams, um, you know, have had with, you know, rookie, with quarterbacks on rookie contracts. You know that the Rams and the Eagles and the Chiefs they 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 wrote that advantage Super Bowl titles and so to me it's you know it's Jared Stidham it's Brian Hoyer if there's another cheap veteran available I could see them doing that I know they inquired about Kyle Allen uh, the Redskins new quarterback who was traded from Carolina and then maybe draft someone so I think that that's sort of the plan now is to be as competitive as you can be clear the books for 2020 with an eye on again, being in a better position to build for the future going into 2021. Last thing, any thoughts on what happens with Dak as of now, franchise tag, but then he lost Travis yeah. Frederick uh, going back to yesterday. Yeah, I, Dak, I, I mean, Dak's going to be a Cowboy. Um, you know, I, I think one of the things the Cowboys have to sort of accept now that's, that's tough is uh, he's not going to take a discount. And, you know, quite frankly, Doug, he shouldn't. I mean, it's like the way it works in the NFL is, you know, the closer you get to the end of your, your contract, generally the less willing you are to take less. Um, because if a team pays you early, then you're basically handing the injury risk over to them. And so, you know, they're going to ask for something back. But once you've taken all the injury risk on yourself, which Dak has taken on the four years of injury risk, now it's on the team to take care of you. And so that's sort of where Dak's at philosophically. And the Cowboys have to be awfully careful here about waiting too long to get this done because I'm just telling you, if Patrick Mahomes gets done, the market's going to change for everybody. And there are lots of teams, the Texans with Deshaun Watson or another one, that are sitting there right now looking at it and saying, if we don't get our quarterback done now and Mahomes gets done at, say, $40, $42 million a year, we could be looking at a totally different landscape as far as paying somebody at that position. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. That's the voice of Albert Breer. Albert, great stuff. You're doing incredible work, especially in these conditions. Keep pumping out that stuff at MMQB.com. We'll keep reading it and pumping it on radio. All right, thanks, Doug. I appreciate it. Pleasure is all ours. Albert Breer joins us in the Discover Card guest hotline. Discover matches all the cash back you could earn in the end of your first year. It's amazing because Discover's accepted at 99% of the place in the U.S. that take credit cards. Learn more at discover.com slash yes, 2020 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at first first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host 
host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.